You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many others. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us. Join the conversation by leaving your comments where you can. Or you can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram. You can also follow The New Prisoner Number 6 on Gab or under at New Prisoner and the number 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. Now let's get on with the show. Let's talk about the relationship between authority and liberty. In light of the peaceful protests that have now gone global, involving truckers and their supporters, the corporatists in our opposition have been forced to acknowledge the authority that the people have in mass. For most of us in the liberty movement, this has always been apparent. It's just been the weapon used against us. The concept of liberty has two heads, at least according to the work of Isaiah Berlin, and those are positive and negative. The positive side often looks to gain something, where the negative side often looks to defend. The positive end uses force as a means to enforce its will, while the negative uses its will to set up boundaries and will only use force to ensure that those boundaries are upheld. An example of positive liberty is someone claiming that it is their right to have X provided for them often by the state. That X can be anything from state-provided health care to protection from the unvaccinated. You can see where the conflicts begin right away, right? Positive liberty ends up costing someone else their liberty. You do not have liberty if you are forced to provide labor, goods, etc. to another Positive liberty, then, in this example at least, overrides the value of individual liberty. Now, you might be able to see why the concept of liberty, the corporations, and government, and now the tag team of them both, has been the positive one, because it gives them something to sell you. Positive liberty is transactional just like the corporatists that use it against us. Positive liberty can be driven by the masses or the mob. It can be exploited, like our intelligence agencies and the tech companies that work with them do. More on that later. And through that exploitation, the institutions used or devised to ensure whatever that new right may be become the arbiters of it. So the ends of positive liberty become collectivist, if not authoritarian. That sort of leaves us with negative liberty. Now, 
Negative liberty is a stop sign. It's a suggestion. It finds itself in a place of abstraction that only can be recognized by the collective through its voluntary actions. The beautiful thing about it is that it requires no prerequisite to obtain. You are born with the right to life and the pursuit of happiness. But just because you have the right to be alive and happy doesn't give you the right to steal from others to stay alive. And if victimizing others makes you happy, your liberty is unlikely to be recognized for very long. This is the paradox that we find ourselves in these days. How do we convince the masses to acknowledge their inherent rights and liberty without victimizing others and using only volunteerism? How can you take a concept that highlights the individual and use it to provide a collective change in society? This is the moral crusade of the new century, where others sought to end monarchies and slavery. The people of the New Liberty Movement, including us here at the New Prisoners, seek to end the isolation of the individual's liberty and connect them to one another, similar to nodes in a computer system. Connecting the liberty-minded through the use of technology, logic, and appeals to emotion are all valuable tools in this mission. We also have to tread carefully not to cross too far in our demands into the positive liberties either. You can see why people throw up their hands and opt to return to isolation, or just give up and join whatever the popular collective may be at the time. These intellectual and moral concepts can be far too complicated for most people. People prefer A or B choices, not A subsection XXI paragraph 2 lines 3 and 4 versus B, subsection XXII, paragraph 5, lines 16 through 19. Did your eyeballs roll back in your skull when I said that? If so, it's okay. You're only human. Humans prefer reductionist arguments. We love good versus evil, right versus wrong, even if they are false dichotomies. Maybe uh, why they work so well, huh? But we lose the details. When we reduce, and by that, when we use reductionist methods to explain things, it makes other things harder to define and therefore explain. Theories and facts blend. Morality and immorality can as well. Again, you can see why we on the liberty side can be so detail-oriented, because we know that you cannot construct a stable reality out of fantasy or lies. This is why we knew the lockdowns wouldn't work, or that the preventative measures like distancing and masking wouldn't work, and ultimately, why the injections wouldn't work, and they haven't. That's because the people who were responsible for coming up with and enforcing those mandates and measures didn't know the full story, and we did. I say it all the time, it's like we're from the future. But now, I can see that the knowledge of history and of abstract concepts like positive and negative liberty contributes to that feeling of isolation and loneliness, almost like what was caused by the failed lockdowns. 
too bad a lot of us have already felt that way most of our lives. We were made for this shit. The one thing that has escaped the liberty movement around the world, the ones who cheer on negative liberty and volunteerism, has been the collective embrace of those values. Now, thanks to the actions of people in Canada and now around the world, we can see that our turn at bad is here. That the concepts of negative liberty no longer have to be isolated to our curated realities on social media or in the mainstream. That no matter what the corporatists have tried, that they have pushed our people too far. They broke the spell of comfort and complacency that their distractions were meant to provide us. The giant is now awake, and it's angry. But the end to this story may not be a violent one, because all the giant needs to do to ward off the attacks of cowards is to simply act like a giant. Stand tall. Hold its ground and flex a little bit to make sure that the tiny authoritarians below understand where their power ends. This week, we have on Miss Liberty Howe, a lover of freedom and animals, a straight shooter and relatable. She represents so many in our audience who desire better for their fellow man and the many creatures of our beautiful planet. It was a delight to hear from her, as it is to hear from you, our audience. So be sure to listen, but to also comment where you can. Let's all stay in contact. That way, the more our opposition does to deny us, the stronger our bonds become. Okay, I'm number six. And this is The New Prisoners, and I'm here with John Henry, and I'm also here with our guest this week, Miss Liberty Howe. So Liberty, I ran into, um, I believe, on Twitter originally, although she's on uh, plenty of different platforms here, uh, including her own. She is smart enough to have her own website, which uh, these days is a tremendous asset with the amount of censorship and other things that we're dealing with here. Uh, but um I just wanted to get her on to sort of give her a platform where she can speak her mind about certain things. Because if, if you follow any of her channels out there, whether on Twitter or her website, or I believe she's also on the same uh, three big alternative video platforms that we're on, including BitChute, Rumble, and Odyssey. And I believe she's also on Minds too, which we don't get a lot of traffic on that, but I'll, I'll talk about uh, that a little bit later too. I got I got some exciting announcements as far as like social media and the show and everything this week. But um, John Henry, do you want to say hi to the people this week for us? Honk honk! Yes, <laughs> hey everybody! <laughs> Welcome back. Looking forward to having a great conversation. It's been a very exciting week. Another one of the dominoes falls at CNN, and <clears throat> got to tell you, uh, the Canadians are really impressing me right now. So, thanks for coming back. Appreciate y'all. All right, and then everyone, I want to introduce you to Miss Liberty Howe. Miss Liberty, give us uh, give us a little introduction and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our audience who you are. Ooh, well, I'm definitely a, a 
a real freedom loving person and i'm i'm kind of nervous right now but i'm hopefully i'll i'll i'll, I'll get more where i'm not so rusty <laughs> oh it's okay you're um, here amongst friends but um just wanting people to be human and and i just have a passion for people to know what freedom really is that's what's important to me and i i'm just glad i'm here well, I think of all weeks that we could have had you on, I think this week was a, a great week to have someone with that perspective because uh, we've, we've gotten a huge, huge white pill this week as far as like being able to see what's happening in Canada and then the support and then just like the outpouring of love and generosity and ev even in the face of of setbacks, like things like, well, we might as well just roll into uh, this week's free-for-all with this topic, because John Henry, uh, you brought it up too. Uh, man, Canada and, and the whole situation I just heard about with uh, GoFundMe, and then I also, I, I put Give, Send, Go's uh, Gab page up on this week's source list for a reason, because they're a company that stood up and said, hey, if GoFundMe is going to fuck over these truckers, if they're gonna if they're gonna take their money and appropriate it, I heard appropriate it to the charities that they feel are are, are the right ones to receive some money. Um, not only is that, I think, a, a, an amount of fraud which has been tossed around now. I heard uh, Robert Bonds uh, weighed in on that earlier on Timcast IRL. So, um, but John Henry, tell tell me, how do you feel about? Uh, oh, an institution like GoFundMe involving itself in this way against our our friends up there in the north. No, I'm fucking livid. I mean, it's you know when you look at it. <clears throat> first of all, you know Justin Trudeau. I can't even stand when his lips are moving. You know when he has the audacity to finally speak after claiming he had COVID, which he's you know. Uh, has like sex tuple vaccinations. Um, so everybody should get vaccinated so you don't get COVID like he did. Well, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, when he came out, one of the things that really pissed me off is he talked about how he is happy to stand for just causes. And he referenced Black Lives Matter. And a tremendous amount of money was generated for Black Lives Matter. And now we see that all starting to fall apart uh, because these people are buying million dollar mansions uh, tons of real estate and and really it's starting to crumble when it comes to that. So it's the hypocrisy and the irony where he was in the middle of a Black Lives Matter protest kneeling on the ground. And then he also talked in a very negative way. Um, you know, he called the, the truckers fringe, um, you know, but then he just spoke, you know, violent, um, it, it just really negative. And if you watched any of the videos from this, it is absolutely beautiful to see what's happening there. Uh, there's no violence. Nothing is on fire. Nobody's been harmed. The, the outpour of love and support from the citizens of Canada that are going there from all over their country to feed the truckers, uh, that has been one of the things that's just amazing. You know, I watched a, a short interview today uh, where uh, one of the truckers had a flatbed trailer and he went to bed and he slept for about six hours. And when he woke up, the entire trailer was filled with boxes of lunches and dinners. And all of them had handwritten notes uh, just showing love and support for what they're doing. 
And and I got to tell you, man, seeing that, like, it, it's actually made me emotional, you know, and, and I mean, like, genuinely, like, it moved me. And in these times, like, we have to be callous to a certain extent only because, you know, if you're not, you'll lose your fucking mind. And to see that, man, like, my eyes started welling up to see all of that love, all of that support uh, for each other, for their community, and, and for those people to take a stand and, and fight back and you know, when you think of Canada, at least me anyway, and I apologize if this is wrong, but I, I just kind of think passive, you know. Um, but to see see the citizens of that country stand together uh, and travel from all different parts of it to go to Ottawa to be supportive of this, and 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 to see just the again the love, the excitement, the positivity, uh, and that's that's a real protest. That's the point of that, and it is completely peaceful. I mean, there's people walking around with garbage bags, cleaning up. The streets are spotless. There's no spray paint on buildings. And, you know, they're just really standing together. And it's an extraordinary sight for sure. So going back to the the question, right? Who the fuck is GoFundMe to appropriate that? Like, we've now seen people that do horrific acts, right? And uh, let's say, as an example, they do something terrible to another person and then are somehow harmed by police. Well, it's like the the, the initial act that they did, um, it completely gets negated. Nobody cares about that anymore. And they have the ability to raise money, regardless of how horrific that may have been. Um, and that's really bothersome. That's really bothersome. So um, in Liberty, I do apologize. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast, we do uh, swear quite a bit. Um, fuck you, GoFundMe. Shame on you. And who the fuck are they to make a determination of where those funds get appropriated? Who are they to make that decision? So people of Canada and people of the world, anybody um, that has donated, one, you're amazing. And it's incredible to see you support that cause. Two, get your money back. Um, If you request a refund, you will get your money back. I, I took a little bit of a dive into this today. Uh, get your damn money back. And if it's simply donating to uh, what number six just referenced, what was that called again, sir? Give, send, go. Give, send, go. Okay. So give, send, go or buy meals, right? I mean, help feed these guys because they're there for you. They're there for your freedom. Um, And it's just, it's, again, it's insanity and, and shame on you, Justin Trudeau. There's nothing more I'd like to see than him to be taken out of office because of this. But, um, Go fund me. You fucking people are monsters and you perpetuate all the wrong things. And it's so sad because it's under the guise of this positive thing. Um, it, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because GoFundMe has done a lot of positive things for people that are in need. But for them to take that stance is just terrible. I mean, it really, really is. And, and shame on you. And those are the people that made that determination and, and shame on everybody that's speaking ill about these truck drivers. Um, truck drivers are the lifeblood of our economies. Um, you know, our, our supply chains, if you put gas in your car, it got to the station from a truck driver, every bit of food that you stick in your mouth was delivered by a truck driver. And, you know, for these guys to be forced into that situation, one for a living, they supply us with all of our needs. Um, we really need to love and support them. And, you know, the other exciting thing is I'm starting to see a lot of information stating that there's going to be a convoy, um, here in the U S headed to Washington, D.C., Um, so, you know, if that happened instead of, uh, putting head, uh, Brandon, you know, for him to uh, go into hiding clearly after this week, as we've seen, you know, Dr. Jill 
will walk him by his collar uh, because he's incapable of even <laughs> moving, um, you know, autonomously as a fucking adult. So uh, it's just it's wild, 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 wild times. And, you know, I was, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I know this is our freestyle and I don't want to go too crazy, um, you know, but uh, if you guys saw Biden's statements referring to colored children, you know, back then we called them colored children. Oh, of and it's it's insane. It is just plain insanity to think that this guy is a leader of our country uh, because he just he simply isn't. And going back to what we talked about last week, you know, when Jen Jen sock puppet, you know, she screwed up and slipped and said she loves working for Obama. I mean, we know really what's at work here. Um, so I know that was a really long answer to a really simple question. Uh, <laughs> the, the simple answer is. It's fucking disgusting and shame on GoFundMe for that. And, you know, people of Canada and the world that are supporting those guys made that decision to get your money back and figure out a different way or an alternative to support those uh, those folks. And in Liberty, one thing I want to say to you, too, I know you might be a little bit nervous, but just remember um, everybody that we're talking to right now to each other uh, directly between the three of us and, and all of our listeners. You know, these people are on our team. They're part of our family. Uh, so relax. You know, let's enjoy this conversation. Absolutely. And Liberty, uh, uh, be, before I give you a chance uh, to weigh in on the uh, situation that we just brought up here with the truckers and everything, I did want to let our audience know that attached to this week's source list is a post on uh, the social media site Gab from a user named Robert55, who goes by The Great Awakening. Um, you'll see a nice little Guy Fox mask on his icon. Just, just, you know, it's the right one. And I got something really exciting to tell you all. It says, do not use the GoFundMe.com refund form. Issue a chargeback slash open a dispute with your bank. This way, GoFundMe will have to pay 15 US dollars or more for each chargeback request, plus the refund value. This is how all banks work. Please share this as much as possible. If we're successful, GoFundMe will regret doing this because they'll lose tons of money. Now, Tim Pool brought this up on his show earlier tonight, and they calculated that it might cost GoFundMe about $8 million if, if everybody did this. Now, I don't think everybody's going to do this, and I think the process of people doing the refunds and other things is already probably well underway as, as word gets around. But it is, they did announce this on a Friday night of all things while people are out partying and doing whatever else or you know, catching up on some sleep uh, from a rough week. But um, I, I do think it would be really, really awesome if we could take a huge bite out of GoFundMe's ass by doing something like that as a group. Man, that would be great. But uh, Liberty, I want to give you the floor for a second. Uh, tell us about how all of this with the the truckers and just uh, what what type of uh, just what type of reaction have you had uh, seeing all this, and what do you have to say about GoFundMe and their recent actions and everything? Well, um, it, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about what's going on in Canada and just seeing. It, it's beautiful seeing people saying this is our freedom and we're taking it because freedom, you know, it's not something that they can give us. It's ours already. And it just, it just blows my mind that people are coming together and saying, Hey, this is us and we 
have freedom. And and it's just blatantly theft for for GoFundMe to think that they can do anything with the money except give it back to the people or give it to the the people that that it was raised for. And it's just so exciting to see because it helps me feel like, hey, I'm not alone. And and with all the craziness that's been going on the past two years, you know, it just makes it me feel stronger saying, hey, I'm I'm not giving up because even long before all this was happening, I was saying, you know, we, we have to stand up and say, we are together in this. But it's just so beautiful to see people together like this. And I'll, I'll see all these different videos of people just coming together and, and they're trying to say, oh, there's violence. It's like, excuse me? Where's, where's the violence? I mean, this is what freedom is supposed to be saying. This is our freedom and we're, we're taking it. And Trudeau and them, you know, he needs to just be gone and go into the sunset because it's not up to him. It's up to the people. And I, Liberty, I'm Liberty, I want to touch on something you said, because I, I think this is something that we forget. And you absolutely hit the nail on the head. And, you know, in your comment um, about freedom, right, and where that comes from, these are our God-given rights, not government-given rights. And if they're not the ones that provided us with those rights, then who the hell are they to make an effort to take them away? So I think you're spot on with that. And that's something that we forget sometimes because people become so reliant on government uh, you know, we look at countries, we've talked extensively about North Korea and China, where, you know, in North Korea and China, you look at the suppression of religion in those countries um, because they they want everybody to be a, a believer in that there's no power higher than the state, which in essence means that there is no God. There is no greater power. And, you know, and I'm not trying to really go on a religious rabbit hole, but I just I think you're totally right on that. Like they, they're not there's. They don't provide us with that freedom, uh, which doesn't give them the ability to take that away from us. And, you know, government, they're employed by we, the people and, and us. And, you know, we're in a very unique situation here in the United States where, you know, we're one of the few countries that really has a thorough constitution. Um, and those are, you know, the, the God given rights that are provided us by our creator. Uh, and that's, I guess, for me, why it's a little surprising that you look at what we've been through through for two years now or over two years now, and um, for a country like Canada to take that stand is pretty extraordinary. They don't have the same constitution that we do um, and not nearly as many rights as we do there. So uh, that's one of the things that even makes me more enthusiastic and and really more optimistic in this whole thing to see that, you know, to your point. You know, there's people walking around with garbage bags cleaning up the streets. It's nothing but positivity. There's no violence. There's no racism. That's not a fringe group. Um, and the other thing, too, I'd like to get both of your opinions on this one, because one of the things that I just think is freaking awesome about it is that the mayor um, and people there in the political parties and law enforcement, they've made an attempt to get these trucks towed out of Ottawa. Um, did you guys see what every tow company told them? Yeah, I saw that they that? said that they had COVID. Every tow company <laughs> said, sorry, we have COVID. 
Um, between that and also the uh, the law enforcement agencies in Canada have put out a public request that says, please stop calling the cops and reporting Justin Trudeau missing. <laughs> like, I think that's awesome. I love that stuff. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Uh, Liberty, uh, <laughs> can you get a little close to your mic for us? And then uh, was, was there anything okay. else that you wanted to say about the, the trucker situation before we moved on to another topic? Um, that, that pretty much, I mean, that, that says it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I just wanted to throw this out there, uh, f- for you too, Liberty. I'll, I'll pass it right back to you and then we'll go back to John Henry. Cause I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about this since he brought it up earlier, but how does it feel to watch the castle of CNN crumble, just fall into pieces, all of their little men and, and and just and on the the women there just uh running Careful from the castle men. you want to use yeah. proper pronouns buddy <laughs> i know i know they're so <laughs> offended I, I don't know women. if i say men <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> he looks like such an egg <laughs> I want I want Brian Stelter looking like Humpty Dumpty. Um, if somebody could draw that up for us, uh, and that just can symbolize the fall of CNN, and nobody can put them back together again with Brian Stelter's fat fucking head. But L- Liberty, how how does it feel to watch CNN? I mean, you're obviously I I don't think you're a fan of CNN, but uh, how does it feel to just see them crumble and Jeff Sucker being kicked out now? Oh, it, it, it feels really good. It's like, you know, go down where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, John Henry, tell, tell us how you feel uh, seeing CNN take, take another nosedive this week. You know, it's, it's been a very interesting week. Um, you know, we've seen Geraldo Rivera uh, speak about how now he knows we need a wall. Uh, and you've seen a lot of these liberal organizations uh, start to really take a turn, um, which is I, I, and the reason I share that is it's not off topic. I think this all kind of is a one big uh, accumulation, right, is as all of these other, you know, in, in air quotes, news sources, um, you know, they start to recognize like the people don't want to hear it anymore. So I love to watch the whole entire thing just fucking crumble to pieces uh, they have nothing left. And it's amazing because, you know, and we're obviously we'll talk about Rogan a little bit. Um, not that we don't always talk about Joe Rogan, but there's no better week to talk about Joe Rogan than this one with even the, the White House uh, commenting on Joe Rogan and uh, the need of him to be suppressed, um, which is just it's fucking utter insanity. And clearly, uh, when we go back to our God given rights, the, the First Amendment, apparently uh, we don't really have that anymore. Um, from their their standpoint and their perspective. Um, but I love it, man. I love it. And, and it's great to see the kingpin go down. You know, it's like the, the cartel boss gets taken down. It's the head of the snake. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that, that we've recognized so far is when we initially hear about these things, right, they tend to get worse as the days go on and we get more information, so there's a lot of, I'm not going to say conspiracies, but, but allegations that it's really not just about his relationship with the woman that works for CNN, 
that there's going to be a lot more to it. Uh, now we've seen, obviously, uh, you know, the pedophile ring that is CNN, uh, which is just revolting. So I, I love to watch it crumble to nothing. You know, in, in my personal opinion, and I've shared this before, and I know we've talked a little bit about the, you know, the giant organizations that own these companies. But, man, I, I really hope that, that Trump buys the fucking network, man. I, I would love nothing more to see that because the valuation on it's going to go down to nothing. Um, but I think it's a great thing. And, and it's good to recognize that, you know, everybody's starting to understand that we're over it. The people are over the bullshit. They're over the bullshit. And, you know, now with them coming out against Rogan and misinformation, there's so many videos coming out uh, as we go back through the last two years of just completely false statements that were put out by these organizations when it comes to the vaccines and the masks and the lockdowns. I mean, it's it's amazing how much we learn every single week now um, when now, you know, <laughs> the, the CDC, all these you know organizations that have restricted us and, and kept us under lock and key are now saying, oh, yeah, by the way, hey, guys, super sorry about those lockdowns that destroyed people's lives. We've realized they really made zero difference whatsoever. And, you know, in my opinion, being that it's a midterm year, um, you know, I, I like that happening because all the other shit starts to crumble. And that's why we see uh, these extremely liberal fake news media sources that are now coming out and actually starting to go, yeah, masks don't work. And, you know, the vaxes don't they don't really work. And, yeah, if you have natural immunity and have had covid and you're not vaxxed, that's actually way better than the vaccines. And you see countries around the world uh, pulling all the mandates and pulling the restrictions and not recommending vaccinations for children. Uh, it's it's a it's a thing of beauty because, you know, I think that, you know, CNN is just one example of kind of the bigger picture right now where people's tolerance is gone for this. They want the truth. They want freedom. They want a normal life back. And they're all starting to realize it's a total crock of bullshit. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Enos Cantor, and uh, I love that guy. Yes. And his posts have been absolutely phenomenal because he just destroys China. And, you know, you see um, Nancy C.C. Pelosi uh, come out and make the statements about not speaking ill about China. Like, so clearly she's another puppet, um, you know, for the, the Communist Party. And I love seeing Enos Cantor come out and talk about, you know, the, the how dare you allow this country to host uh, the Olympic Games in consideration of the crimes against humanity that they commit every single day. Um, so you see people to start to be very emboldened in all of this. And it's beautiful to see everybody's confidence start to come back. And as you see things like the downfall of CNN, to me anyway, what I, you know, the optically what I'm seeing right now is every time somebody like that falls, everybody gains a small percentage of confidence to speak out, to be a little bolder in all of this, to go, no, I'm sick of this bullshit. Uh, when you look at the sheer amount of Democratic leaders that are not seeking re-election in the midterms, I think we're up to, it was like 29 last week, and I'm sure it's probably even more now. So literally, it's just they're dropping like flies, man. So I think it's fantastic. I love that it's CNN because it's such a public forum. And I think that's just helping people recognize that everybody else is fed up. So it's okay to be fed up, too, and say, no, no more. I'm done with this shit. Well, and Liberty, to pass it on to you here on this topic, too, before we really dig into uh, the main topic, which uh, it is I, I wanted to talk about the the story about the lockdowns this week and just the 
all of the catastrophic side effects of them and what that's going to come around to being, uh, which I believe is a tremendous amount. And John Henry, I believe you read on the money with it, a uh, tremendous amount of blowback from the cultures um, that it has impacted uh, so much. But, um, you know, just as far as uh, Liberty, I'm, I'm not sure if you listened to a lot of Joe Rogan or paid attention to a lot of that kind of stuff this past week, man. But I, I know it's probably um, not something that really particularly pleases you to see some sort of censorship like that. But um, what do you what do you have to say about, you know, Jen Psaki and, and the Biden administration coming out to try and censor a podcast host? Oh, that it's definitely uh, <clears throat> something that um, they're they're scared because they they don't want to know what what the truth is. But uh, what I noticed is the human spirit is what's coming out, and and they don't know how to deal with that because they they want they want people to be like robots. They don't want us to be human beings. And they're going to try everything under the sun to, to, to block us. But the more I see the human spirit, the more I know that, that we're, we're coming along and, and it's beautiful. <laughs> well, well, no, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Number six, can I jump in real fast? Yeah, absolutely. I was about to ask so, you. Liberty, you know, did you always um, lean on the more conservative kind of freedom-based opinion throughout your life? Uh, or was, you know, did the pandemic kind of spawn something in you? What motivated you to, to have the website and to start to speak out um, and really be just a voice for uh, for freedom and uh, and not suppression? What uh, what kind of gave you the kick in the ass to go, you know what, I'm going to start doing my part? Well, um, it just seems like ever since I was a little kid, I always I always could see deeper than other people and just saying, you know, I, I've always wanted to be myself. And and the more as I, I went along and the more I, I noticed how stupid all the political garbage and all all the stuff um, would kept getting in the way, the more I would say, hey, I see and I, I can't be silent. I mean, I just it just seemed to be something that naturally wanted to come out of me. Knowing um, that that I I need to be able to share and and for people to be human because that's what what matters is is for people to be human and to be able to think for themselves and make their own decisions and it and so it's always been in me but but one one thing that really um, really pushed me was Ron Paul and and he's definitely one of my heroes. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, we just had Crypto Man on last week, and that was one of the main influences for him to also transition into uh, local politics and and just being more conscious and everything. So, yeah, I I am a big fan of the Ron Paul Liberty Report. I, I try and listen in every day, Monday through Friday, when he's on uh, with Daniel McAdams, and then uh, uh, Chris on Fridays. Uh, I forget Chris's last name, damn it. But uh, sorry, Chris. But yeah, it's it's just it. it it's so awesome to be able to still have a connection to a man like that, like Ron Paul, uh, through media this way, and to be able to constantly be reminded of the lessons um, that he has to give 
uh, the people about, you know, just his experiences in government, um, his, his philosophy, uh, as far as, uh, non-aggression, um, we're, we're talking about, uh, we're on the precipice of, of a giant conflict possibly popping off over in the Ukraine. And there's so much corruption in, in this current administration. I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast just on the, the Biden family corruption in Ukraine itself, let alone all of the other foreign policy aspects of this uh, conflict or potential uh, deadly conflict. Now we're, we're talking about troops moving. We're talking about guns and ammo and, and missiles and bombs and all kinds of things being sent over there at this point. Um, you know, for, for someone like Ron Paul to still be around and remind us all that we don't need to do that to one another, that we don't need to be those bloodthirsty warmongers um, that people in, in government in our past have been, people in our State Department, like just this week, uh, who was that State Department freak that was out in front of uh, people being asked questions and somebody's like, hey, where's the fucking evidence here of this video that Russia is supposed to be doing, this false flag video? that the State Department claims it has intelligence on. Somebody asked him, like, well, wh where's the evidence? And he goes, well, uh, our intelligence tells us. So, like, so the rest of the America, like all the people and the rest of the people in the world that all have something to lose with us going to war over there, over this garbage, like you're telling us that there's going to be a false flag video, but you can't even show us fucking evidence of it? John, John Henry, where... <laughs> Where were you on this uh, this week uh, when it came down to the the Ukraine it's, conflict it, and the State Department? So it's asshole. interesting, I man. Have to look I, up now. If you asked me last week, which uh, I'm sure we talked about it, yeah, you know, we're like, hey, man, you know, we're on the precipice of seeing a war. I'm starting to be persuaded otherwise right now, and honestly, it's seeing uh, the leader of Ukraine's response to Joe Biden. Um, and and just collectively seeing you know that conversation, I you know watch the one that you're referring to. I'm starting to think that this is just like a fucking hype video that we're watching, and, and I don't know what the angle is on here. Um, but realistically, I feel like this may be very over exaggerated, and this frankly might not be happening at all. Uh, you know, you talk about a false flag. I I, I think this is a show, and I can't figure out just yet what the show really is about. Um, but whether or not this is, uh, you know, a, a misdirect to try to take away from, you know, this is Biden's hard stance uh, right now. I, I don't know. The whole thing is very strange. And obviously we know that there's a lot of history between the big guy, crack smoke and Hunter and his relationships in Ukraine. I, I don't know, uh, but I don't, I have a, just my opinion has now changed since last week. Last week, I was like, holy shit, for sure, this is going to happen. These fuckers are going to invade. You know, what type of impact is this going to have? But I'm starting to think that's not going to happen or it's not as severe as it is being um, really set up to be. But then again, the other thing we talk about quite a bit is I don't really believe anything anymore that comes from media like at all, which is really shitty. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's how I feel. I'm starting to, I'm going on a different road on this right now. I don't think it's what it's been framed up to be. Oh, certainly. And uh, one of the things too, and, and, and I pulled up an article here that I'll attach to the source list so we can check it out too, uh, that's listening. Uh, this article from Real, Real Clear Politics uh, posted by Tim Haynes. 
Um, it goes over uh, basically the Associated Press reporter's name was Matt Lee. Good fucking job, Matt Lee. And others at Thursday's briefing failed to get evidence uh, for the Biden administration's claim that Russia is planning a false flag event to justify an invasion of Ukraine after asking State Department spokesman Needle Dick Ned Price. It doesn't actually quote that, but I just added the Needle Dick part because he should be called that. But um, yep, Liberty obviously being a fan of Ron Paul, I take it you're you're pretty pacifistic in most cases. Uh, t- tell me about your thoughts and feelings on us and getting involved in the Ukraine over there and possibly putting young men and women's lives in danger over there. We need to butt out. <laughs> no, we, we, we need to, to, to stop thinking that we can go in there and, and save the day when that that's not even realistic because um, the, the military industrial complex all they want is to destroy around the world. They don't. They don't want to help. They're 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 on a power trip, and and most of the the lies and stuff and all all the bullshit is just. We need to stop doing anything or or not. You know we, but you know what I mean. The the others because it's not me. That's for sure. <laughs> We, yeah. need, we need to just we need to just get out and stop it. I don't know what else to say. No, I mean that, that's that, that's exactly how it should be put, though. Like, what what right do we have to be there? What what act of aggression has been placed upon us? And then, I mean, what's what sort of stewards of uh, of the country that would have any awareness of our country's history? Uh, to look back and see what caused uh, us to get in all these different conflicts that have, have not been successful in the past or so costly to us all in the past. Um, if it's just, you know, the, the packs that everyone had with one another in World War One till now, um, just little little charters and treaties that we have uh, with people and agreements uh, that we have with countries uh, that force us uh, into these conflicts. And, and really, when you mentioned the military-industrial complex, I mean, that 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 encapsulates all of it because, I mean, this is a huge money-making scheme for both the Biden family, um, all the people in Congress, too. I mean, I mean Nancy Pelosi, John, John Henry, you, you brought up earlier, um, her shriveled nutsack face has plenty of money uh, stashed away over there. Basically, Ukraine excuse is me, like a giant— me. Yeah, It oh. is— Nancy C.C. Pelosi. C.C. Thank you. Is For the amount of C.C.'s that they have to give her of something to like keep her awake enough and conscious no, and CCP, sober enough? No, C.C.P. Chinese oh. Communist Party. C.C. Oh, Nancy C.C. Pelosi. I get it. I thought I thought they were dosing her up like they do with Biden where they give him like some kind of upper just to keep his ass awake for more than a half hour. Because like he, he has, he has that him. sundown like, thing going on like super yeah. hard. It's it's either he's just talking gibberish or he's like this very angry screaming person. Like it's you either think whisper with like a child victimizing invalid. vampire like Joe Biden <laughs> that he would actually yeah. wake up at night. It, he's like the reverse. Yeah. It's like the, the sun goes down and it's nap nap time. <laughs> For his Come fucking on, brain at least too. Yeah. Come on there Scranton Joe. Yeah. Come exactly. on there big fella. I'm sorry but watching Dr. Jill escort him off the stage. 
The guy's clueless. The guy got lost at the White House this week. I was reading a report about that. He's just literally a um, a, a wandering, uh, just debilitated old man. Uh, it's fucking unbelievable. Um, it, watching his mental capacity, it, it just drops by the day. So when you talk about what do they inject him with, I feel like they, um, you know, they throw him an upper and, and some testosterone in his ass cheek. And then he gets out there and just goes from asleep and he starts just angrily screaming at everybody. Like the angry fucking guy that yells at the kids whose baseball goes in the yard. It is very fucking awkward. And it, at the end of the day, it is so embarrassing that that guy is the leader of our country. Illegitimate, we know. But the fact that he's the face of our country and he's supposed to be on the highest level of power um, you know, and, and it's just, it's fucking insane, man. You know, uh, Supreme court, well, it's going to be a black woman, by the way, we called them colored kids. I'm like, what is going on here? Cause we see how well it, it went when he was very specific in choosing an African-American woman for the vice president. She literally has the lowest approval numbers in the history of any vice president. Uh, not that he's much better <laughs> right behind her. Uh, and I just want to know who the 17% of people in this country are that allegedly claim that he's doing a good job well, uh, because those of you, uh, you, I feel like you're equally as mentally incapacitated as that fucker is. I got, I got an answer for you. Um, so with Joe Biden, with his mental erosion, along with that erosion has come the erosion of the line that most people draw on the left between all out authoritarianism and racism and and just like the bullshit rhetoric and platitudes and, and demagoguery that they feed us all the time through the mass media and, and, and government statements and bullshit, right? So uh, what I'm saying is, is that since he has no filter left and then he's barely a functioning person, he can't come out like most of the quote unquote experts that CNN or MSNBC would have on all these race experts that would come out and say, oh, my oppressor this and, you know, this this white cracker that or whatever, you know, that, that, that you're getting into when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, like, uh, Eric Adams, the video of Eric Adams that came out this week talking about how he took it to the crackers. Um, that was fantastic. Good, good job, Eric Adams, uh, getting that, uh, captured on camera for everybody to see. But, um, the, the racial exploitation has always been there in their platform, um, whether it be through segregation till now. The only difference is, is that they package it up just slightly differently. They use a different semantic argument, but it's the same old racist bullshit. And like, for me, it's plain to see that somebody like Joe Biden just can't hold back like the differences between saying, oh, we're doing this for equity or we're doing it for the Kellards. Like he just, it, it, it's, it is the same thing. <laughs> But he's just he doesn't know how to say it right, because, again, he's he's just withering away uh, in front of us all. Uh, sort of like, you know, the old vampire again with with the stake in, in its heart. And he's just stumbling around and, you know, pieces of him are just blowing into the wind at this point. Um, and then as as far as the poll numbers, I mean, they are exactly that, too. Like he, he is he is Nosferatu getting hit by the fucking sunlight. And the only people uh, that are still voting, you know, up on that, you know, just the, the thumbs up votes on any of his videos are, are the same people that missed half the movie because they were in the bathroom 
or uh, maybe they were trying to get lucky or something like that with a date. You know, they weren't paying attention to what the fuck was happening to Nosferatu at all. But um, Liberty, what do you have to say about the mental erosion of our president? What's it been like for you to experience going from uh, the, the different eras in your life of great presidents and not so great presidents to where we are currently? Oh, man, it's it's such a joke. I mean, it's it's just totally ridiculous. I mean, it's it's clown world. I mean, I I mean, I can't believe what I'm seeing. How these these jokers, just the way that everything's going on and and, and they, they they want us to take them seriously. It's like, give me a break. I mean, it, it it's just totally. Insane. I mean, how can how can you take anything seriously with, with all this that's been going on? I mean, it's like, excuse me, I don't think so. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and I, I think that these days um, that is probably one of the most powerful things that we have going for the liberty movement itself is just seeing the failures, like the outright failures, like. In in football, you have to give the opposing team the ball eventually. And in in politics, I mean, we didn't have such a great 2020 election now, did we? Uh, so with 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 that kind of uh, result, we've gotten to see, whether right or wrong, uh, we've gotten to see the other side with the football. And so far, they really don't know how to run or throw it. They certainly know how to stick the tip of it in each other's ass and smell it, but they certainly don't know what the fuck to do with it. Um, so, I mean, because of that though, when we eventually get the ball back, we're going to run right over these sons of bitches. Like they, they have no more intellectual, uh, arguments to stand on. Uh, the, the moral high ground that they once had, uh, to point to the right and say, oh, you were this ugly racist or you're this ugly sexist or homophobe or transfer and all the, all these, all these monikers, all these things that they've tried to give us all these labels. All of that shit is just bouncing off of us and we're lampooning and clowning them. You brought up a brilliant point in the clown world. Um, if people aren't familiar, I mean, this is uh, something that's been around for a while, but the, 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 the idea behind that is, is that everything presented to us is so fucking silly. It's like clowns are writing this shit. And, but the brilliant part of it really though, is that it gives people like us, liberty-minded people, it gives us a ton of, in, of ammunition uh, against, you know, theoretically, um, it, against our opposition. You were going to say something, Liberty? Um, no. Oh, okay. Uh, John Henry, um, let's, let's roll into the lockdown, unless you have anything else to say about that. Um, let, let's roll into the lockdown discussion. So uh, bef before we get uh, too crazy with it, just to kind of preface where I'm going with all of this. I read another little article that's somewhat related um, to what we've experienced with this treatment we were given with these lockdowns. And it's actually an article that I attached to this week's source list from the Dorchester Review. It's called In Kamloops, Not One Body Has Been Found by Professor Jacques Roulard, uh, who's Professor Emeritus in the Department of History at the University, University de Montreal. So basically... The Canadian press has just honored the children of residential schools as the person of the year in 2021. 
A huge media story last summer grew out of the scanning of part of the site in British Columbia interior where the school operated from 1890 to 1978. The discovery was first reported last May 27th by T. Olums to Sekawump. I that's wow, that's hard. First Nation Chief Roseanne Kashmir, after an anthropologist, Sarah Bilal, used ground penetrating radar in a search for the remains of children alleged by some to be buried there. She is a young anthropologist and instructor in, in anthropology and sociology at the University of the Fraser Valley since 2018. Her preliminary report is actually based on depressions and abnormalities in the soil of an apple orchard near the school, not on exhumed remains. According to Chief Casimir, these missing children represent undocumented deaths, and their presence, she says, has long been knowledge in the community and somewhere as young as three years old. Now, this Kamloop story about this school uh, made huge news up in Canada. And even China used it to posture itself as, as a champion of human rights by pointing this out to Justin Trudeau himself, <laughs> a man who we've all grown to hate over the past, well, four years. Uh, but basically what I'm getting at here is that this whole idea of these dead children and all of the media hysteria about it and the awards that were given out and the speeches that, were, that have been given and all of the hoopla, there's no fucking evidence. There's none. There's ground impressions of an apple orchard, which could be explained by root formations. But they claim that it was a bunch of, like, men of God and servants of God that murdered these children and buried them there. And then tried to point it out as some sort of human atrocity with no evidence. It says here in the article, by never pointing out that it is only a matter of speculation or potentiality and that no remains have yet been found, governments and the media are simply granting credence to what is really a thesis, a thesis of the disappearance of children from residential schools, from an allegation of cultural genocide endorsed by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or TRC, we have moved to physical genocide, a conclusion that the commission explicitly rejects in its report, and all of this is based only on soil abnormalities that could easily be caused by root movements, as the anthropologist herself cautioned in the July 15th press conference. So just from that alone, and to wrap it up, with the cemetery so close by, because there's a cemetery right by there that was this, in the center of town and used by everything for forever and had missing crosses because they were made of wood and were falling apart. It says here, is it really credible that the remains of 200 children were buried clandestinely in a mass grave on the reserve itself? without any reaction from the band council until last summer. Chief Casimir states that the presence of children's remains had been known in the community for a long time, and Aboriginal families are certainly as concerned about the fate of their children as any other community. Why did they say nothing? Moreover, 
How can one think that entire groups of religious men and women dedicated to high moral standards could conspire to commit such sordid crimes without dissent and not even a single whistleblower? The reason why I bring up this somewhat obscure story is because the way it relates to this week's topic about the lockdowns is that they never gave us proof that any of this would work. It was all speculation. And these sons of bitches, these bastards, Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins, went after the Great Barrington Declaration. They went after Marty McCary. They went after Johns Hopkins. They went after these organizations that were standing up and saying, no, you should not do this. It's going to cause great harm. Do not do this. And they were silenced. They were silenced by not only are people in, within our government, government officials, the highest fucking paid government officials, but also our loyal news media to them, like at Wired and other outlets that spread this garbage. John Henry, how do you feel about all this? Uh, it just reiterates and solidifies mistrust in government. <clears throat> That's all. Local, massive scale. And you watch what they can do where it was a global uproar uh, about this the situation at Kamloops. And I appreciate you sending me that article. And I remember reading about this a couple years ago. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like all of these children either died or were killed going to these schools uh, and were just buried um, with no grave markers. What a horrific, terrible thing. And then you realize it's complete bullshit. So it's just another example. And here's the sad part is most people will never hear this and never know this. But it's little things like us. And when I say us, it's people that pay attention and that are assertive and, and really just recognize uh, how awful the people that allege that they're doing what right for us really are. Um, and that's, it's just a good example. It's just a good example of just manipulation. Uh, it really, really is. And, and who knows what the goal is because there was a call for, uh, I mean, indictments for these people to really have major legal recourse, uh, against them before they had any idea. There hasn't been one exhumation of one corpse or any type of remains, um, but everybody jumped on that fucking bandwagon real quick and in a hurry. Well, and I think too, that it, it just, it shows how vulnerable we all can be whenever it comes to our, I mean, we all have, I mean, even the, the darker and in, in spirit amongst us, I believe, uh, still has some connection to humanity. And whenever we're confronted by this propaganda and this media influence in our culture, where you're see, you're being shown a potential catastrophe or a danger or whatever it might be, uh, but especially when it comes to human loss like that, especially when it involves children, I, I just think about how the media treats parents in this country and all countries, really, all over the the Western, we're all over the world right now uh, with this COVID bullshit is that they're, they're constantly using this demagoguery uh, to take advantage of them. 
they're taking advantage of the good. And I, I, we've been saying this for months that, that they're taking advantage of the goodwill of our people, that the people being, you know, uh, wrapped up in, in this, in this media hysteria, the ones that are wearing masks by themselves in their cars, like we have to remember in some way, they are still us. There's still a part of us attached to them. There, it's just that they've been brainwashed into this, into this psychosis. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can reach them with words. Other times you have to let them hit rock bottom. It's, it's just kind of like an addiction, I think, uh, for some people that addiction to safety, uh, or safetyism and, and you can't live a good life that way. Um, it's not, it's not a way to wake up every morning and receive your new directions, um, from, from your fearless leaders and lab coats. Uh, I just don't, I don't think that, you know, our culture could ever, uh, slip into that, you know, fully. And, and thank God we're seeing a lot of pushback from it now. Like we talked about with the truckers, but still like for a while there, it was looking pretty bleak that, uh, the Milgram experiment was, was taken at home, <laughs> you know, that they, they were winning. Uh, it, all they had to do was just tell us that, Hey, um, there's a, there's a big problem coming up and, uh, it's going to be really bad and dangerous and scary and you might die. So, um, just listen to everything that we tell you and don't question it at all. And that leads into the censorship and all the other bullshit that we've been seeing too, because, well, it, it's all part of their plan. If you've ever seen anything from Event 201 or, or other things that that have been uh, floating around out there for quite a while now. But um, Liberty, what was your reaction seeing the, the topics of this week on on the uh, the lockdowns and the information about it coming out that none of this was really worth doing? Ooh, um, it's just downright evil and the propaganda. I mean, I, I have, I've never seen it so strong as it's been in the past two years. Cause I remember when, when it first started in around March of, of, of 2020 and they were, they were talking about that and I thought, uh Oh, here we go. I mean, they're, they're going to try to control and, 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 Boom, 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 the things started happening and I said, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, I I I knew that I knew they were gonna try to try to trick people and try to to um show people, hey, you know, this is the way it's gonna be. And I I mean, from the beginning I said, No, it's not. I mean, not for me. I mean I I, I knew from the beginning that 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 most of this is just bullshit. That's all it is. <laughs> well, yeah. And then how do you how do you get through your life dealing with others? Because we've talked about this a lot on the podcast too. It's just like people in our friends and family network and the people that you deal with on a on a regular basis, whether it be at the store or anything else, like how has it been for you to get through life? Like, cause it seems like if you were on to the bullshit that early on, I mean, obviously you had your ear to the ground. Um, so it, it just, it, it separates a lot of us. You know, I say it all the time on the show too. It feels like sometimes that we're from the fucking future, you know, like that we're walking around and like, we're saying shit that six months, eight months, a year from now, um, that the mainstream media is finally going to come out and admit, um, and, and, and start, you know, talking about, 
And, and it just, you know, it, it makes you think like you're rather crazy or an alien or whatever else. But like, how, how do you get through? Because I know that you've, you've had some life coaching and other things um, in your life to help you uh, with things like this. So uh, tell us about like how, how you got through this mentally. Um, well, one, one thing that has really helped me is, is humor. I mean, if there wasn't humor, I, I don't know what I would do. I, because especially memes, um, that's one thing that has helped me. Um, just, just knowing and, and reassuring that, that, that it's worth it to be human. I mean, because a lot of people around me, you know, were just going along with things. And, and, and as I continue on, I thought, you know, because earlier on, I mean, there, there was a lot of, a lot of fear. And I know, I know what, what fear is that, that I've had to struggle with. But the interesting thing is, is other people were trying to tell me about fear when I was seeing everybody else around me going along with the fear and what what has helped me is to is to be learn to be me because that's what what's so important and and knowing that that there's others out there that are like me because sometimes you know it didn't seem like there was hardly anybody that would really stand up but but just being able to to um enjoy life like nature and 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 being able just to to take walks and 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 knowing the beauty of being a human being i mean that that's what has helped me (laughs) no that's beautiful and you know john henry i know that uh you have a connection with nature and you allow nature to you know be be a part of your life and therapeutic in the things that that you do. And, um, I, I think that that, that was brilliantly put by Liberty there about that. What, what do you think? I think it's just being connected to something other than Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, um, really any of it, you know, and, uh, above and beyond that, just think about the impact it has on your overall health and, you know, one mental health, a hundred percent for sure. Uh, but to physical health, you know, we've talked about metabolic health, exercise, vitamin D from sunshine, you know, and, and part of it, I think what they want to do is basically demoralize everybody from limiting them from those things. Um, you know, sit in your house, don't leave, wear a mask, no oxygen, no interaction with other humans. You know, Liberty said earlier, just be human. And we've talked so many times about the importance of communication and, and really being part of a tribe. And, um, they took that from people. And, and I think that that was really psychological warfare and was devastating to so many people. You know, we've talked many times on the show about uh, the increase in domestic violence, molestation, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and just really destroyed people's mental health. And, and it's it, uh, to me, that's no different than North Korea um, really uh, not providing nutrition for the people that live there because they physically beat them down and they physically starve them where for us it was really mentally and emotionally and you know right now um you look at something as an example of like uh, speech impediments and speech issues for children with the percentage of kids that are having issues with the ability to actually communicate 
um, is it the, the highest in history because kids need to watch people's faces when they communicate and understand gestures and inflection and smiling and frowning and frustration. So, you know, it's it's been absolutely devastating. So I, I think now more than ever, when we talk about unity and we talk about movements and we talk about, you know, being part of a culture or a tribe, it's, um you know, the best thing for everybody now is to get back out there and talk to people, you know, establish new relationships and new friendships because, they, they beat us down emotionally. They beat us down mentally. And, um, you know, that was it, equally as bad as the health piece of the entire thing was the mental health piece of it. Um, so, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, of all of that stuff. Get outside, you know, get outside by yourself. Go go on a hike, go for a walk. Uh, all of those things, you know, those things are really critical. When I think about at the height of the pandemic, um, you know, I was fortunate to, you know, and as you folks know, I live in Hawaii, you know, and, and I was fortunate to be here because, you know, it's a very temperate climate. It's always nice weather. So I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. Everything was closed down except for supermarkets. And, you know, the ability to just get out there and just talk to somebody like I, I never have in my life looked more forward to just having a conversation um, you know, with somebody that wasn't my wife, <laughs> and that's not, that's not meant to be a negative thing, but you know, when, when you spend so much time together, it's like, man, I, I forget what it's like to communicate with other people. So you really look forward to that where you, I think that's something that, you know, we certainly can take for granted, um, is just our ability to get out there and communicate and be part of something and, and just talk to somebody about anything, anything at all. And, um, you know, that's going to be critical in our recovery process for sure is, is, you know, getting out there, establishing relationships, reestablishing relationships and for not everybody not be so fucking afraid of each other. You know, when, when you have leaders in Australia saying, don't talk to your neighbors. Well, again, that's, that's psychological warfare. That's what they were doing. It's not a matter of getting COVID from your neighbor. They just wanted you in your house doing nothing but feeding propaganda. I mean, it literally was a clockwork orange. The fucked up part is they didn't have to strap us into a chair and force our eyes open because people did that willingly and they just consumed in so much negativity, so much depression, so much fear. And, and we have to get through that. I think everybody has a form of PTSD from that entire thing. Um, you know, I saw a, a really old friend and uh, I hadn't seen him in it was about 12 years uh, and we reconnected here lately. And, you know, yesterday we had to spend some time together and uh, we, we talked about that part. And he's like, you know, man, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I definitely still have like some PTSD. I'm, I'm traumatized from the shutdown and not having the ability to work or communicate like that did something to me mentally and emotionally. So I just think that's going to be a critical piece of everybody's recovery. And that's one of the reasons why I love seeing the, the communities around the world join together hand in hand and, you know, and, and really fight for what they believe in, because it's not so much about the fight. It's not so much about the freedom. Those things are incredibly important. I don't want to take away from that, but it's just really being part of something after everybody was just isolated. Everybody was in solitary confinement for a really, really long time, way too long. And, um, and we owe it to each other to get back and we owe it to our, our, each other to get our kids integrated in the society and communicating, you know, and we've talked about the children so much, but, you know, you look at them, the kids are supposed to go play with their friends. They're supposed to go to the playground. They're supposed to be in sports and doing activities and being in school. So the online based learning and sitting in your house and no, you can't go around your friends because they might be sick. Um, it's just horrific what this entire thing has done on everybody around the world, to be very candid. 
Um, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate, but we have to recover. And the best way to do that is connection, whether it's uh, just with individuals, groups, people that are also believers of what you believe in and, and also nature, you know, we got to get outside and then start living our lives again. Well, and John Henry, I'm really glad that you brought up the word recover because I mean, there, obviously there's, there's a lot of different, uh, facets to the impact of the lockdowns on our societies around the world. Um, a lot of them being in the, in the realm of drug abuse and violence and all kinds of victimization that occurs there that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be mourning those people. Um, and instead of, you know, we're counting that cost differently, but there's also a cost to the people that are still living and the people that are still living and struggling with, like you said, the PTSD and the other things associated with, with living this way for so long. Um, I have an article here from the Canadian HR, HR reporter it says stress levels are higher today than the start of the pandemic. Um, it goes on. Uh, this is by Jim Wilson. It says nearly half of Canadians, 48% are more stressed to start 2022 than they were during the first lockdowns in 2020. However, job insecurity, 41%, is not among their top concerns, according to a survey released by licensed insolvency trustees Bromwich and Smith. Overall, Canadians are worried about the following. Inflation and cost of living, 84%. I wonder if printing trillions of dollars has anything the fuck to do with that. Uh, physical and mental health, number two. So money, because you need money to live no matter if you're crazy or not. Everybody's got to at least buy fucking noodles and noodles, right? So uh, number two, physical and mental health, 70%. Number three, COVID restrictions. So the restrictions themselves, uh, being able to save money, uh, COVID restrictions, 66%, uh, being able to save money, 63%, managing expenses, 54%, managing debt, 47%, job insecurity, 41%, and housing insecurity, 35%. All of the things that people are stressing out about are all things that were directly impacted by the lockdowns. Inflation and cost of living, physical and mental health, COVID restrictions, being able to save money, managing expenses, managing debt, job insecurity, and housing insecurity. My God, all of these things. When you shut down an economy, when you shut down in a society for 0.2% mortality, possibly, possibly, right? Margin of error there, right? So it probably could have been negative too if they they gave them a, a couple gimmies uh, on, on certain uh, things. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Uh, we've been saying that a lot this episode, but really like when, when we go back and look at this years from now, when do you explain this to our grandchildren and great grandchildren, what the fuck happened here? I was talking to somebody on Gab about this uh, earlier this week. And, and it's just, it, what are we going to tell our grandchildren about wh wh how this happened? Yeah. The entire world believed that for no goddamn reason, uh, we believed that we could just shut down everything and it was going to make a virus disappear, a respiratory virus, nonetheless, that was spread by aerosols uh, that also uh, was was engineered and came out of a lab that we all fucking paid for. Most most of the countries that we live in that are listening to this paid for in some way or 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 if you're listening to it on a major conglomerates platform, they probably fucking paid for it, too. I mean, it's un, it, it's unbelievable and insane. I mean, th th we can't stress that enough. But then also. 
I don't think we're even at the end of where this could possibly go. This, this, this is a, this is a, a fucking meteor, giant meteor hitting into the ocean. And we've just started to see like a little bit of water rising. We haven't seen the tidal wave yet. And I, I am very hopeful after this past week, after seeing the truckers and after seeing the support, even here in the U.S. media, even, even seeing people stand up and even you, you got Shaq, you know, telling people to fuck off about vaccines. That's great. I mean, we're, we're, making, we're making some moves here. But when it comes down to it, are we going to be able to survive the, the absolute collapse of our society when it comes to our finances? And whenever it comes to the psychological and physical damage that we've done to people. And just, you know, for me, I, I know that this has been more than a life-changing type of event, event for me. I never would have imagined that we'd even have a show talking about these things in the way that we do. But I feel that, you know, we, I was having a conversation with uh, uh, somebody earlier today about it as well. Um, actually, um, he has been mentioned on David Knight's show and, um, I just wanted to give a, a, a shout out to Gardner Goldsmith, uh, who was talking to earlier. And I said that, you know, I, I've always been a fan of, of the prisoner series since I've seen it. It was very influential on me at the time, because when I watched it, um, I was, I was also following quite closely the, the Russiagate bullshit. And, and I felt like I was one of the only people around me that understood what the fuck was going on and who I was and what was happening. And everybody else was just brainwashed like on that show. And then every, every new episode that I watched, I connected with more and more. And it just seemed to lay out uh, how everything was happening around me. And whenever Biden announced those mandates around 9-11 and you and I just decided to, to do this, John Henry... That, that was it. I mean, it was just basically like, we have to, we have to take it from that kind of spirit that we have to get our people the fuck off this island, this island of stupidity and death um, and, and liberty. I'm, I'm glad that you're a part of our conversation tonight because you've been uh, a great supporter and you share a lot of our stuff. And I know that you've been pretty open, at least on your, your Twitter account about you know, having to deal with mental issues in the past. And I'm sure these lockdowns weren't uh, healthy for you in any way, but also you mentioned before you have a good relationship with a person named uh, Jerry Wise and um, it, it, it helped, it helped you through all that stuff. So t tell us about your experience there. Like how, how did you uh, find your way to self-help and other things like that? Oh, well, um, one thing I, I I know is that I, I I wouldn't be sitting here today if I if I didn't have these connections, um, especially with with Jerry Wise because it's helped me to to be able to say, hey, I'm I'm me and and I'm also connected with others, and it's so important to to. Uh, um, have a, a a mindset um that that um guides and 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 works to 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 get through because th this lockdown is i mean i i thought i i don't know what's what's gonna happen i mean i i mean i was really feeling stressed out and i thought 
This has nothing to do with health. This is just downright evil and and control and 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 power. That's all all that they want. And um, if I if I didn't have some of the connections that I've had, I, I don't think I I, I would have made it. Um, so I I'm just real thankful. I mean that that I I I realized how much stronger I am in my spirit to be able to to stand up and 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 to to know that as long as you're connected with with others, um, that um that'll that that'll help you see um <clears throat> that we 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 need each other and we need to be able to to stand up and 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 be ourselves but being connected with others yes i'm glad that you put it that way um that that's something that's definitely been a, a sentiment here on the show for a long time is that you know we need to be welcoming here uh that this is uh this is a big tent type of operation um, if you're liberty minded, you're welcome here. Uh, we we definitely practice non-aggression and and things of that nature. We respect free speech. We respect the Second Amendment, um, and pretty much everything flies here except for you know stupid racist bullshit. Uh, but you know the 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 fact that you brought up the togetherness part of it, and I real quickly too, uh, I shouted out earlier Gardner Goldsmith. Uh, his his uh, page or channel, uh, if you will, is called Liberty Conspiracy. So everyone listening out there, if you want to go to uh, Odyssey, I think he's on a couple different platforms, but uh, I made contact with him there on Odyssey, uh, Liberty Conspiracy. So, and then you can find him at uh, on Gab as Gardner Goldsmith or on Twitter as Gard Goldsmith. But yeah, I, I listen to David Knight uh, quite often. Uh, he's on about the time that I usually roll out of bed. So I, I catch him in the mornings during my workouts and other things and just uh, David Knight's been a great resource during this entire uh, pandemic. He counts down the days. We're, we're about like 680 days, some odd days now uh, into this bullshit. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before I pass it over to you, John Henry, um, is this uh, Sydney Morning Herald article, article that I attached this week's source list to. The hidden costs, the lockdown toll on mental health put at $13 billion. It says here that the hit to well-being in Australia caused by increased mental illness during COVID-19 lockdowns has so far cost more than $13 billion, new modeling shows. Now, that's in Australia, but just here in the United States, in the state of Virginia, uh, I have another article from 6 News Richmond, CBS 6 News Richmond. Virginia lawmakers seek to fund mental health services. Our kids are not okay. So in Richmond, Virginia, lovely little city, uh, that's also where Guar is from. Look them up, folks. They're interesting. Uh, Virginia lawmakers, both Democrats and Republicans, have addressed the urgency to fund mental health services for the youngest generation. It says here that uh, the advocacy group Voices for Virginia's Children hosted the virtual press conference on Friday morning. A quote here says, we've heard from kids around the Commonwealth that they are not okay, Voices CEO Amy Streit said. We know the last 22 months have brought additional disruption, trauma, grief, and loss. But what they're talking about here is that places like Little Chesterfield County may soon see this 
the state's first recovery high school pilot program. And Delegate Carrie uh, Coiner, who is a uh, Republican from Chesterfield, is urging lawmakers to include more than $864,000 in funds in this year's budget. So we've seen an erosion of mental health spending and institutions and everything in this country over decades. I mean, if you look at our homeless populations and our major blue cities, especially, um, you're, you're looking at, you know, just waves and waves of people uh, just being failed by our institutions and mental health and with government and involved, of course. And now we're starting to see that all of the repercussions, all of the collateral damage from the lockdowns, especially in our children, is going to be costing us additional billions of dollars just in mental health costs alone. And, and knowing what I know about mental health and that this having experiences with, with that sort of help, um, not every dollar is really worth it. Uh, there, it it's a crapshoot, folks. That's my opinion, at least on, on you know, w- what we know about modern psychology and everything is that we're going to be spending billions of dollars and who knows who the fuck we're actually going to be able to save with any of it especially if the government's still involved. But John Henry, I'll, I'll give you the floor for a little bit to, to talk about how you feel about that, that impact on both children and the financial welfare of our nation. You know, one of the things I think that um, this should really put everybody in a position to acknowledge is this has been systemic with the military for a long time, <clears throat> right? And uh, they put these guys in a traumatic situations and just don't really have the infrastructure to really support them. And you see people that, um, that they're injured, you know, they're, they're injured mentally and emotionally, and it's a very debilitating thing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's such a high rate of military suicide, because these people turn to things like drugs and alcohol, they, they get violent, Right. And it, it, is it really much different? And I please, 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 I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know, genuinely comparing being locked in your house for two years to, um, you know, men and women that have been in war. I, I, I'm, I'm it's it's not the same thing. And I certainly would never say that it is right. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's just a similar result. And there has to be that infrastructure and support for these people. Well, it's one thing to take a percentile of a nation or globally for people that have been in military, but everybody was impacted by this, you know, except for the global elite, you know, even the people that are working in, um, you know, in care and the medical field, right? I mean, they, they became overworked and got put into a terrible, stressful situation and other people were financially devastated and, and, you know, it cost people their, their homes, it cost people their families, their lives in some instances. So we have an obligation to each other because I don't think we really know how much damage was really done at this point. We know financially, right? We see what happened there and how devastating that was. And, you know, I've talked uh, at length before about, um, you know, where I live that over the pandemic, we lost 50% of the restaurants, that were family-owned restaurants. They're just done. They're, they're never going to reopen again. Um, and that is it's just devastating economically as far as there being the ability for people to have jobs. Um, none of it's good. So 
I guess really one of the things that I say is pay attention to the people around you. Recognize whether or not they need some support because, you know, I'm just not sure that folks realize how much trauma is there internally, emotionally, mentally. Uh, and we just really have to support each other. And, and I know I might sound like a broken record because I go back to that so frequently. But when you look at that, I mean, we can talk about billions of dollars and we can talk about all this stuff. But are we talking about our neighbor, our brothers, our sisters, our friends? Because I think that needs to be more of a focus right now is, um, you know, how do we all collectively recover? Because, look, the, the restaurants that close, the small businesses that close, they're not reopening. Um, and if you know anybody that either worked for them or owned them, figure out a way to support them. And I just think that's going to be critical uh, now and moving forward. And Liberty, what what has been the financial impact in your neck of the woods? What have you been able to experience out where you are and and just the, in the people and maybe close to you or maybe even your own experiences with the financial devastation of all this? Ooh, um, well, uh, I, I don't know, um, um, directly, I know, I know that, um, that a lot of, a lot of people, um, with, with, uh, mom and pop businesses and a lot of places have, have gone under because people, they, they they couldn't keep afloat because of all all the the shutting things down has has caused caused people to to um be concerned but um i i i live on a, a shoestring myself um but uh um I just, I just know. Well, well, one thing I, I, I know is that um, around the world, um, about uh, like suicides have gone up two hundred percent around the world, and and it everywhere it is, it has just torn people's lives apart, and and. Um, that shows that the the control and the and and the power had had nothing to do with with helping people financially and 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 um, helping people's lives. All all it's done is tore everyone apart. No, it certainly has. It it, I, it really after seeing this information this past week from coming out from Johns Hopkins University. And uh, I encourage everyone to take a look at the source list this week and go through the information they'd put out there. Um, one thing that they had brought up um, is when they closed the bars, that that also made a huge difference in mortality. And uh, for someone like myself that's uh, struggled with alcohol in the past, uh, I could definitely see why. <laughs> I could definitely see why the mortality might uh, go down a little bit if you do close down the bars, but then also, uh, you know, where where is that? Where's the rest of that trouble going? Um, is it just delaying a, a further catastrophe down the road? Uh, who knows? But uh, the speaking of catastrophes and costs of of those catastrophes, um, I attached a CBS News article about Johnson and Johnson from this past week. Johnson & Johnson drug distrib distributors 
to pay tribes $590 million in opioid deal. Native American tribes in the U.S. have reached settlements over the toll of opioids, totaling $590 million with drug maker Johnson & Johnson and the country's three largest drug distribution companies, according to a court filing made Tuesday. The filing in U.S. District Court in Cleveland lays out the details of the settlements with Johnson & Johnson and distribution companies Amerisource Bergen, Cardinal Health, and McKesson. All Federally recognized tribes will be able to participate in the settlements, even if they did not sue over opioids. And more than 400 tribes in intertribal organizations representing about 80% of tribal citizens have sued over opioids. Uh, the co- under the cost of addiction here, it has a quote from Chairman Douglas Yankton of the Spirit Lake Nation in North Dakota. He praised the settlement. He said American Indians have suffered the highest per capita rate of opioid, I'm sorry, opioid overdose and are more likely than any other group in the United States to die from drug-induced deaths. Now, given this, the dollars that will flow to tribes under this initial settlement will help fund crucial, on-reservation, culturally appropriate opioid treatment services. Now, for me, to be able to see that segment of the population who, I mean, if we're going to talk about a population in this country that's aggrieved, um, Native American tribes have a lot to be aggrieved about, I believe. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's a lot of arguing on that one. But when it comes down to it, uh, if you if you've watched documentaries, if you've seen TV specials about what life is like on Native American tribes and how bad the drug abuse and alcoholism, obesity, diabetes, like just the, the things that we talk about, the, the social ills that destroy people in our culture, that a company like Johnson and Johnson having to pay out five hundred and ninety million, basically admitting to the fact that they helped destroy countless amounts of Native American, Native American lives, and then to be able to turn around and say to the same people, trust us, take this shot into your body. Or to turn around and say, you don't even have to trust us. In fact, we have immunity. Take this shot in your body or else we take what's left of your life away from you. Because the other article that I attached to this week's source list is about Pfizer admitting in confidential documents that its COVID-19 vaccine may cause vaccine-associated enhanced disease. And real-world data now proves it definitely does. Now, when we want to compare this to the Johnson & Johnson story, $590 million to some Native American tribes, who certainly deserve that, and probably a hell of a lot more, let's, let's face it, folks for the pain and suffering caused by Johnson & Johnson. If we're going to talk about taking down things like GoFundMe and wrecking their shit financially, if we're going to talk about CNN uh, being taken to court by Kyle Rittenhouse and Nicholas Sandman and other people and being raked over the coals for millions and millions of dollars, oh boy, what can we do to the pockets of Pfizer? How can we 
destroy them financially for what they've done to us, what they've done to our culture, what they've done to our people, what they've done to the innocent people that they've murdered with their fucking shots. John Henry, how do you feel about all this? The biggest issue is a lack of liability for all the big pharma companies. I mean, that's, um, that's been the problem from, from day one. You know, we had uh, TJ Wright on talking about how Comirnaty was the only FDA-approved vaccine, but was not distributed at all. Um, so that's the biggest problem. So my question is, how? How do we do that? If they're legally not liable, uh, and we've seen the damage that's been done, we've talked um, extensively about it, that's really what it comes down to. You know, that's my question, how? And uh, I can only hope that there's uh, some people that are much smarter than I am out there, attorneys, um, that are figuring that piece out because this whole entire thing is absolutely insane. Uh, they've basically hoard out the citizens of the world for these drugs, um, you know, including our U.S. government uh, owning half uh, of the mRNA vaccine technology and uh, I guess copyrights, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just not, it's not okay. So how do we do that? That's my question to you. Well, I think that the, the road to getting some sort of financial, uh, repercussion out of Pfizer is, uh, finding where, um, in the EUA itself, um, that we can reject that where they have been proven to rather have approached this with uh, obscuring, like lies through obfuscation, um, not being forthwith with the, with the public and not providing any form of in, uh, informed consent. Now, I don't know how that may apply to any sort of law that could go after them, but I, that's where I would start. I would say the, the main focus would be on, and I brought this up in past episodes before, and I'll gladly bring it up again. Um, if they didn't tell us that the shots waned. Rather, they didn't know, which is criminal, because they were just experimenting on people. They were just giving it out to people and not knowing what was going to happen. It's full-on Tuskegee experiment bullshit. Or they did know. They did know, and then they sold us something that they knew that they would start like some sort of uh, addiction whenever it comes to the immune system. And there's been a lot of talk of that this week on various programs that I listened to. Um, I believe Daniel Horowitz uh, was talking to Steve Dace about it and on his own show uh, this week about it too, is that these vaccines are creating some sort of immunodependency in a way. And if you don't get your your, uh, Pfizer juice every three months, that might not be good for you. Like you you might actually be, you know, sort of like Bane is in Batman uh, to this substance. Like you were just forever attached. Yet in the in the same time frame as that information comes out, our military is discharging soldiers that have refused the vaccination. This they're week. saving them at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree Stuart with that. Stuart Scheller is is better off not being part of our military at this point. And I hate to say that because he seemed like a great soldier, but like he's better off going on Tucker Carlson and telling the rest of the world about how shitty the military is being right now. <laughs> like it, it's just. Yeah, I, 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 I want to be a, so Ben and you, you, we've known each other for a long time. I want, I want to be a supporter of our military. I want to be a supporter of the people that choose to serve this country. 
But if they're given these sort of, uh, uh, you know, ultimatums on their service and they're choosing not to take it, especially with information coming out about what it can do to you potentially, or the fact that they just don't work at all. Like the fact that there is no need to be addressed anymore with after Omicron or Omicron, we call it the Omnicon here. You know, all, after all that, after months of that, uh, the rest of the world is looking around and saying, okay, so everybody I know, including me, has already had this shit. It gave me a cold for a couple of days and I'm over it for the most part. And the people that got really sick, um, those people were sent to hospitals basically to be put to death. Uh, in order for money, like the article we were talking about a, a few weeks ago on the podcast, uh, Biden's bounty on your life. There was more talk about th- that this week with uh, Project Veritas coming out with another whistleblower saying that, you know, they're, not only were they giving uh, the wrong vaccines to people, but also people were being uh, coded uh, for gunshot, you know, instead of gunshot wounds, they're being coded for COVID. And, and Liberty, you brought it up brilliantly before by saying that, you know, all this is just you, you knew uh, from the get go that they were going to be fucking with us here, that, that this was all a work and that we were going to be, we we're going to be worked over and propagandized by our government and a bunch of big ass corporations um, into doing stuff that's probably not good for us or the nation. But, you know, when we talk about the overall, you know, costs and how to get back at these people, I would focus on the main points of the fact that they were dishonest with us because dishonesty should certainly like lying, lying in a, you know, it should definitely break a contract. Like if I, if I have a contract with anybody, if I have a contract with you, John Henry, and I promise you X amount of goods and I lie about that, um, you should be able to break that contract with me. So whatever type of crazy agreements and blood packs that all these governments around the world have made with Pfizer, uh, looking at you, Israel, um, you know, if they're, if they're taking a look at their relationships with this company and saying, okay, so first off, you sell us a leaky vaccine. You have us look like assholes going on the TV telling our people, hey, um, go and take this because you're not going to get sick and you're not going to get hospitalized. Well, a couple months later, whoopsie. And then uh, if you're following along with uh, Ryan Christian over at The Last American Vagabond, you could pretty much see too that uh, the first two weeks after you get the shot is like the worst fucking time because it wrecks your immune system in that time frame. And guess what you get, jerky? You get COVID during that, those two weeks but you're not considered fully vaccinated yet. So then you go into the hospital, they deny you ivermectin, they deny you hydroxychloroquine, they deny you any type, they can't even give you fucking breathing treatments. They don't even give, they give you nothing. They wait until you come back to jump on a ventilator and then turn blue and fucking die or have your lungs explode. That's what they do. And then they collect a check. And now, now the fucking assholes in the medical industry and in our healthcare systems are suing one another because they're not getting paid right. That's just, to, uh, they're, they're mad because they're not getting paid out right for all of the bogus COVID claims that they made. So it just shows that the, the, the corruption is so deep in this country, in our healthcare system, in our government, in our institutions, in our businesses, is that we're just swimming in it. We're just fucking swimming in it. And it's about time that we really decentralize. We, we, we grab our power back. And I believe, Liberty, this is something that you would be able to get behind, too, is that don't, aren't we in a place now where we need to take back control over our lives from a local level, from a voluntary level, and then scale that up as much as possible? How, how do you feel about that, Liberty? Yes, it 
it starts with with us as individuals and goes up and and we can, we can do it i mean because all the all the the lies and the manipulation and and changing the goalposts and everything we see right through it and and we can do it i believe that that if we get together we we can do it and we can say enough is enough well hell yeah <laughs> i knew we'd have your support on that and then as just a to close out on this thought and this topic here, the article that I brought up before that, that I mentioned here about Pfizer, it says that since the year 2000, Pfizer has been hit with fines to the amount of at least $7.5 billion, including a single $331.5 million fine for kickbacks and bribery offenses, $1.1 billion in fines for false claims and offenses, and a record-breaking $1.7 billion fine in 2009 for engaging in fraud by mispromoting a now-withdrawn painkiller. This is all kinds of stuff that we talked about with our friend TJ right there, John Henry. But it says, but despite all this, the company was still trusted enough by medicine regulators around the world to be granted emergency use authorization for its experimental COVID-19 injection. Perhaps the company may be incurring some sort more uh, large fines for kickbacks and bribery offenses in the near future. So I wouldn't mind seeing that, exposing the corruption involved, all the payoffs, all the behind-the-scenes shit. We want foiled, foiled emails like the ones that we've uncovered from Dr. Fauci, you know, hail, all hail Lord Fauci there, and um, uh, Zuckerberg. Uh, who wants you to live in the metaverse and you know live in the pod and eat the bugs? But it goes on to say, but we don't doubt they'll care much when they made approximately $36 billion in 2021, thanks to governments worldwide using the hardworking taxpayers' money. Yeah, don't forget, folks, they did it with your money too, to purchase enough doses of their COVID-19 vaccine to vaccinate every citizen seven times. And it says now, according to confidential documents authored by Pfizer, that it wanted to desperately keep secret. The company hasn't just caused damage to the public purse. It appears to have also caused damage to the public's health because Pfizer admit that the vaccine associated enhanced disease is a very real theoretical risk for its COVID-19 vaccine. And now this week, John Henry, they're talking about giving it to children. And even they're getting some, put, some pushback from the mainstream media about this too. But after hearing that, how do you feel about these bastards trying to use the last gasp of the emergency use authorization liability to go after the children around the world? Well, of course they are, because they know the long-term effects. So how do they extend the need uh, for continued future medications, I'm sure. Um, and when people are dealing with, you know, long-term side effects and effects of these fucking poison shots that are, they're putting in people, I mean, they have to do it. Uh, what it is, is it's basically securing future income and opportunity that they're, that's literally an investment in their future revenue by hurting people. And when you look at it, 
how do you make money? How do you become successful? Well, it has to be a long-term <laughs> revenue generator, right? It's like repeat business. So it's not enough that they push all the garbage on people and don't talk about metabolic health. But they have to do that because uh, I, I don't think I can say it any more clear. They want to hurt people and make them dependent on future drugs to help with the effects of what they're poisoning people with. And children are the best fucking customers. It's horrific. It is fucking horrific. But genuinely, when you look at that in revenue generation, we know that big pharma wants people sick. Sick people equate to dollars. That's what it is. Um, regardless of people want to recognize it or not, that is right the fuck what it is. So they're in, <laughs> that's what they're doing, man. Uh, they are harming your children by, uh, you know, poisoning them to invest in their future need. Um, you know, or, or people's future need for uh, continued pharmaceuticals. Well, and you also uh, brought up a point when it comes to dependency. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies in this position are sort of dependent, as we've learned from uh, Robert F. Kennedy's book uh, that came out and many interviews that I've listened to with him as well, that the pharmaceutical companies need this to be approved for children. Because that that also gives them a, a different level of protection um, when it comes to being able to just force this upon the public that if it's made available, like if it's if it's claimed to be safe for all ages, they can mandate it easier. It just brings them closer and closer to that guaranteed money. And we've talked about it in past episodes too, John Henry. We, we talked about that one article that I found uh, about Go Goldman Sachs. And Goldman Sachs telling uh, the people behind this mRNA technology to be careful what they're doing, because if they end up curing somebody of something, well, you're you're going to run out of money eventually then because you 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 stop the problem that, you know, you, you you're supposed to be serving a, a need here. And if it's a need that you can create. Uh, that's one thing, but, uh, one thing and I we've also to, talked about yeah. the reason, um, you know, part of the reason they suppressed hydroxychloroquine. Oh yes. Um, because there, there's data out there that says that it fights cancer cells and it, that would be the biggest revenue generator for big pharma is cancer treatment. So there's no, and I'm not, listen, I'm not a doctor. I've stated that before. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but all I know is that I have read um, from a lot of sources, renowned sources, really smart people, doctors, teachers that say that there is proof um, that it helps fight other illnesses. You know, also even something as simple as the flu. Um, why do you need a flu shot if you can just get HCQ and it'll cure you uh, basically in, in a day? Right. So when you look at it, uh, there's always an ulterior motive. And, um, you know, there's a lot of them that have been very clear. Well, and to that effect too, uh, when we when we talk about you know stringing people along and and getting them addicted to substances and other things like that, um, I, I certainly wouldn't put it past the people like Johnson and Johnson and and Pfizer and Moderna to uh, to want to have that sort of perpetual uh, revenue stream from dependency. But um, when you when you brought up hydroxychloroquine and, and cancer, it made me think of the announcement this week by uh, President Pudding Pants that he's he's restarting his efforts for the cancer moonshot. He's going after the cure for cancer, Biden. He he said he's going to fight. He's going to go to war and fight the virus and beat it. 
And then in the first year of his presidency, more fucking people died than the previous year when the pandemic just fucking started and we had no idea what we were even dealing with and had no vaccines available. So, yeah, great shit. I'm really looking forward to what uh, the Biden administration can do to to cure the cancer of future generations here, because uh, if it's good enough, it's suppressing things like hydroxychloroquine that may have the effects that uh, you've read claims about there, John Henry. Um, I have no doubt that they're going to have their own version of remdesivir to give us for cancer uh, from from now on. Whatever whatever makes your bones you know liquefy or or makes you you know shit your guts out of your ass. Or, or turn purple, or whatever the fuck, whatever they can come up with that's that's another alternative that would make them money instead of giving you something that would have little to no impact on you aside from curing your fucking illness. Um, I, I have no faith in the system to provide us any future uh, medical advancements. And I'm talking in, in all fields. I don't care if it's like from, you know, giving you some sort of uh, help with a stubbed toe or or figuring out, you know, how to grow healthier eyelashes. Um, there is nothing, nothing that the government and these large conglomerates can possibly offer you, in my opinion, at least. And it's not a, not a very scientific one because I'm not a doctor as well. But I will say from my experience, these people are selling you bullshit. Like they're selling you side effects. They're selling you dependency. They're selling you uh, slavery, basically, in the form of a pill every day or whatever it is. Or if you're Justin Trudeau, it's 18 anal swabs because I'm, I'm sure he was into that while he was in hiding. Uh, he had to prove that he was that he was under the throes of COVID, folks. So he had to make sure that um, you know he 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 was being taken over by that virus uh, with all those anal swabs. I'm sure, but uh, man, I hate to leave it that way and then trans transition over to their liberty, but. Um, do you have any final things to say to our audience about what we've talked about today or anything else that you wanted to bring up before we close out? Well, the government and, and those psychos, it has nothing to do with health. Because I, I know what, one of the things that um, started the road to, um, to um, YouTube, deleting my channel I had there, was um, trying to speak up about there being treatments and, and helping people to, to really look at their health and, and the things that'll, that'll make you better. And they want that suppressed. And so that, that's, um, that's what happened to my, my YouTube channel. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you there. We uh, we also had a, an episode taken down called uh, Trust the Scientism, uh, which is uh, fucking rocking it on BitChute. Big shout out to all of our listeners on BitChute. And thank you all for uh, subscribing to us over there. And then also on Odyssey and Rumble. We really appreciate your listenership there. And then to all of our audio podcast listeners out there, whether it be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Anchor or any of the other ones that, that we're distributed to, uh, we appreciate uh, really all the support that we've gotten the past few weeks and everything. And, um, you know, before I give it back to John Henry to, to say his goodbyes to you all too, I just wanted to make an announcement that, uh, I finally gave Gab a, a chance this past week and man, I'm loving it so far. I've made connections with a, a ton of new people on there. Uh, I'm excited because they have uh, a groups section to it. And you know, what really kind of sold me on them aside from, uh, Andrew Torba's experience, uh, experience on the Timcast IRL podcast, 
was actually I got an email from Gab saying that Facebook has suspended the trucker groups on on their platform. So Gab sent out an email to its users so they know where to find the groups to support them. And that was fucking awesome. Um, I, I can't believe I actually have uh, any relation to a social media company that's encouraging me to, to take part in, in this type of movement and to just have that sort of backing, man, I am sold on Gab so far. Um, you know, and, and John Henry, just real quick, as I turn it over to you, um, how many anal swabs do you think Justin Trudeau has had thus far? Like if we were to poll our audience, do you think it's above 10, above 50, hundred? Like how far does it go? Um, zero. Ah. Now I'll clarify why. Um, there, <laughs> there's no way you can fit an anal swab in his ass along with the fucking hand of whoever his puppeteer is having that thing wedged tightly in his anus <laughs> because that's all that I see. He's like fucking Pinocchio. It might I be Klaus Schwab's hand. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. It's fucking long gangly fingers. That motherfucker looks like the creature from Pan's Labyrinth. Um, fucking grotesque monsters. Um, fuck you, Justin Trudeau. But again, I love that everybody's calling his ass out. And I love that these people are being exposed for who they really are. Um, good on you to all the Canadian citizens fighting for their freedom and really all citizens around the world. Stand together. Be strong. It shows. So um, I, I read an article earlier today that uh, in one of the provinces in Canada, they have stopped all COVID restrictions and mandates. So it's working, guys. It's working. Um, they are headed to Toronto. For tomorrow, there's a big protest in Toronto and Ontario. Their police were trying to block the farmers from coming in. But there's uh, thousands of tractors that the farmers literally drove their tractors to Ontario or, uh, to Ontario to Toronto uh, to a park there. So good for all of you guys, man. And and it gives me hope. Um, genuinely, it's it's there's positive movement happening right now. You know, the liars, the cheaters, the thieves are all being exposed for who they are. Um, you know, it's 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 over for them. And as long as we stand shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, keep fighting the good fight, keep having the conversation, support your neighbors, support the businesses around you, the local businesses, especially go spend your money there. You know, don't go to the chain restaurant, the chain coffee shop, support these small businesses. And that's really that's you doing your part. Um, fuck you. Go fund me. You criminals. Shame on you, especially when, you know, they accepted donations for Chaz or Chop in Seattle uh, or Portland um, no, Seattle. And literally when these people got fucking murdered there, they got murdered there. And now they're saying that, that you can't donate money because it's an occupation. It is an occupation. It's a peaceful occupation, not people assaulting, stealing, killing, raping like the other organizations and the other events that they allowed to be funded. So shame on you fuckers. And I hope that your fucking whole business shuts down and that people never utilize that again. It's just awful, awful stuff. So uh, huge shout out to everybody fighting a good fight, man. Hell of a job, Canadian truckers and farmers and just stand together, stand tall, put your chest out, man. And, uh, and just know that as long as we continue to do the right thing, support each other, um, we're going to win this fucking thing. We are going to win and it's going to feel damn good. So thank you, Liberty, for coming on with us. Really appreciate the conversation and all your input. Keep doing what, uh, what, what you're doing. Um, you know, let everybody know where they can find you. As far as your information, social media, YouTube, whatever it may be. And um, thank you, everybody, for the support. And let's just keep rolling. You know, uh, spread the good word. 
we're uh, we're going in the right direction, guys. We're building momentum. All right, and Liberty, yeah. Do do you want to give the audience where the best places to find you are? Okay, uh, um, my my website, um, libertyhow.com, and um, BitChute, uh, YouTube, okay, uh, Rumble, and did, did I forget something? Um, I think you're in, on Odyssey too. Yeah. We Odyssey, um, Twitter, and I and I just recently um, got on Getter and uh, uh, Minds. I'm sure there's there's other things, but that but they're pretty good areas. <laughs> awesome, yeah, no, and uh, again, yeah, thank you for coming on and uh, speaking to our audience, and uh, it, it was a pleasure giving you uh, an opportunity to just speak your mind because uh, I see you. You you posting so much and you and supporting channels like mine and others, um, and definitely sharing up uh, wonderful things like old speeches from Ron Paul and everything that I I've gotten to watch on your channels. So uh, it, it's been a pleasure hearing from you and uh, just our audience this this uh, week. Uh, uh, I want to let you know you can find me on Gab at the New Prisoner Number Six. Uh, so just look for me there and let's connect on that platform. But also. Uh, Again, just a huge shout out to all the people that have been listening uh, these past few weeks. Uh, we've really had an outpouring of, of support, uh, and we love covering these topics for you all and everything. But also, I, I just wanted to say too that um, you know, to to end on a light note, um, that channel that I had mentioned before, Liberty Conspiracy, uh, they had shared a video that I had seen uh, before as well. But uh, I'm I'm glad they shared it. It was uh, of the Polish. Uh, restaurant people showing up to feed the truckers and just, you know, the, the ladies walking behind them with a, with a camera. Uh, and this older woman is explaining, you know, all the, all the goodies that they had brought for the truckers and then just opened up the, the back of this, uh, this van. And there's just piles and, you know, just stacks and stacks of food there and buns and uh, Polish donuts and all the other things. And man, it reminded me of this spot that uh, John Henry and I went to, uh, way back in the day, this Polish restaurant, and man, it was fantastic. And just the people there were awesome. And just, you know, the, you, you, John Henry mentioned a lot uh, before on, on the podcast today, but uh, just to reiterate, the, the outpouring of love and support of their fellow man and just the people sacrificing their time, their efforts, their resources, everything to rather be there or to support the people that are there has really been a, a giant white pill for, I, I think, America. And you it's been mentioned before on the podcast, John Henry, you brought it up too, that uh, there's, there's plans for similar things, similar protests to happen here in America. And man, I can't wait till our people get to roll up in some cities, just like those truckers are doing there in Ottawa and Toronto and places like that. Maybe blasting that new Kid Rock song, maybe blasting some uh, some new Tom McDonald, you know, or or some new Crypto Man, you know. We talked about that a little bit, but it's uh, it's just so exciting to see the participation out there. We love supporting all of you. Uh, we've gotten a tremendous amount of res uh, responses too on our video for uh, this past day, uh, starring the the wonderful morning voice of our own John Henry here, uh, reading us a song 
at the beginning, but uh, we've gotten a tremendous amount of feedback for that video. Um, and that's that's a video that I came across too that I, I wanted to uh, uh, share with everybody because I thought that in in that little clip, in that 47 seconds, you see so much. I, I told John Henry too before the podcast as well that uh, there are so many Easter eggs in that one video that connect to all the things that we speak of here on The New Prisoners. And uh, go and go and look for them. See how many you can find. Uh, my favorite, just to give you a clue, is in the rearview mirror of the truck. I love it. But uh, I'm going to wrap there with it. And uh, a big shout out and a thanks to uh, Liberty Howe. Definitely go and check out uh, her website and all of her pages and follow her and link up with her on Twitter and other places like Minds. Uh, where you can speak freely on Minds at least. And um, until we meet again and until we are free. We are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to the new prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topic on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or join the new prisoner six on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us and to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. And if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming show, please email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Tell us what topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can choose to appear anonymously if you like. Demand answers not orders. We are the new prisoners.